0: Have you ever had your heart broken? Today, we're going to be exploring breaking up and what happens when we lose somebody from our lives. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're going to be talking about heartbreak.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about what happens or what it's like to experience the ending of a relationship. And of course it's one of these experiences that I would imagine probably all of us have experienced at some point in our lives. So it's it's one of these life experiences that that you have like leaving home for example or going off to work or Uh, experiences that uh, that all of us have to go through at some point in our life and i think it's really important to also mention that um, a breakup the ending of a relationship that's something that can happen at any stage in your life you might think you're done with that when you when you're in a relationship with your partner and hopefully that will be you know hopefully that will last forever and uh, and and will bring you a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment but of course, relationships can break up, and they sometimes can break up quite late. I mean, they can break up um in their sixties, for example, or seventies. Um, we're working with clients who've uh, split up um, in their eighties, so you just never know yeah so I'm, I think I want to kind of normalize this experience. it can happen to you at any stage in your life when you when you thought, well, I'm over this, I'm never going to experience this.
0: And it's not always just through breaking up, somebody leaving. I mean, it can also be through loss as well. So the death of a loved one, which does have some similarities. I mean, there are differences too, but there are also mm. a lot of similarities in the process that we go through with grief, mm. with loss.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about this in a bit more detail, uh, the stages of grief. But I think it's kind of just <clears throat> worth emphasising how absolutely devastating this experience is. And and you can have an experience, it doesn't have to be a long-term relationship, it can also be that uh, you have met someone, um, you've dated for a while, for a few months or so, and then this person disappears and um, just disappears suddenly or they disappear uh, with some indicators previously that showed that maybe there was trouble ahead. And it can really be absolutely devastated and devastating and so painful. So it's not, uh, there's a good reason why we've got all these songs about uh, love uh about uh, hearts aching, or we've got lots of songs about it. We've got sort of literature and poetry about it. This is something that we're all familiar with. It's um, and and it's written about or talked about uh, because it's because it's so um because it's so hard, isn't it? So painful.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's incredibly painful. And like Angela said, it it tend you know it's, it's unlikely it won't affect all of us at some point. No. I mean. You know, it's, it's something with heartbreak, it's something that, you know, even the thought of this as well, I, I you know, hope not to have to go through it no. again, it's, sort of, it's a very painful thing.
1: Yeah, and it's just, um, it can actually, I mean, we we just looked it up before we did this podcast, we looked up, um, we googled whether a, a broken heart is a thing, physiologically, so to speak, because obviously psychologically, emotionally, it is, you have this sensation of, uh, you know of your world falling apart and um, being devastated but it actually is also it can be a medical condition so it can literally really at the extreme end of it and uh, i think it's quite rare it can literally cause very severe heart problems which are not dissimilar to a, um, a heart attack or a stroke. So the symptoms are quite similar. So you might actually experience uh, the breakup as something that literally uh, literally affects your heart in quite a significant way.
0: Yeah, you're really fearless in your body. And, mm. and whether or not you do in your body, for many people it's going to affect you Uh, Your health, your emotional health, your mental health can have a huge impact in Mm -hmm. your work, your other relationships, Mm -hmm. your ability to really function properly. So it's such a key thing to kind of understand a little bit more about breaking up or, you know, what happens when we lose the other person in in some way. Mm -hmm. And having that understanding can help you as well with part of that process. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things is that there is no quick solution. So, you know, we all want we want want it to be over. Or we, mm-hmm. in the case of a breakup, we often maybe want the other person back. Or mm. you know, it can be difficult for the person who uh, initiates the breakup too. But I think mm. often for the person who's on the receiving end, it can be more challenging. And they, you know, there's that also letting go of that sort of hope that maybe you can rebuild something mm. can be very difficult as well. Yeah. Which yeah, which is different different from when somebody mm. dies, where. You know that has gone. Whereas right. with a breakup, there's also the fact that that other person is still there somewhere.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to sorry before I lose uh, my train of thought on this, I was just uh, just going back to what you just said, Tom, about the. Just to be clear, that I think it can be the breakup can be difficult for both partners, the one who initiates the breakup as much as for the one who's actually hit by it. Both can be quite badly affected by the loss. Um, but i think there is another dimension isn't there for the person who's left behind who is being broken up with because there's often this sense of shame that comes with it this sense of being rejected or being abandoned and a sense of helplessness with it this is wasn't it's it's something that was beyond your control maybe so to speak it might not have been your choice so it might therefore you might feel it more acutely i'm I'm, I'm kind of stating the obvious here Um, but um, but I think that's why it's often harder to be left behind, so to speak. And, of course, it can trigger some old experiences as well. We'll come back to that in a minute when we talk about um, uh, breakup as a form of grieving.
0: Yeah, right. and, and some people that I know, in fact, a, a relation of mine many years ago um, was uh, basically his, was in his 70s, I think, and uh, mm. his wife actually just suddenly he decided she didn't want a relationship anymore and he had no idea. Mm. It was a complete shock. He, had, he had, had no idea that there was any problem, that anything was wrong. Mm. So it was that sort of shock. Yeah, and, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, it can be difficult for both people. Mm. Um, I don't know, in my experience in the past, I'm not sure... Like, if somebody splits up with me, I'm not sure if it really seemed that difficult for them, but maybe I'm sure it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: just your projection,
0: that's probably just a projection, yeah. yeah. So, Uh,
1: so yeah, so I think (laughs) it's hard. Um, it's hard. I mean, actually, sorry, there was something that's that's what I wanted to pick up on was um, the point about um, it can be a shock, but I think a lot of the time, particularly in longer term relationships. It's a slow process, it's a slow build-up. Endings usually, from my experience, don't come completely out of the blue. They can do sometimes with an affair or something like that. But there's usually often a sort of a build-up, there are problems that um, continue over a long period of time. There might be a lot of conflict in the relationship that is either voiced or has gone underground. Um, So there might be a lot of silence around the difficulties in the relationship. But usually um, relationships uh, break up for a reason, so to speak, and the breakup often is related to both, partner, both partners' contribution to difficulties in the relationship. That's in sort of more longer-term relationships. When they're sort of short-term, then it's often that um, there is an ending because uh, very often after the honeymoon period is over, that's that often happens that... There's a realization well, actually we are not quite the people that we thought we were, um, and one partner decides, well, I can't be, I can't be asked to fix this, so to speak. This is too much. It's best to walk away. Um, and of course, the more recent experience uh, that we've talked about in previous podcasts as well is this experience of being ghosted. So, this heartache that you experience with someone who you build some hope with, and they just disappear. They're just just out of thin air. And of course, that can be incredibly, um, well, maybe not quite so heartbreaking if you haven't been that attached to the person yet, but heartbreaking in the sense of uh, leaving you uh, ashamed, as I say, and um, leaving you worried about what's wrong with
0: me. Yeah. And I think also picking up on what you said is that, you know, some people do get addicted to that honeymoon period. They get mm-hmm. addicted to that rush of the passion of the things that go with that early mm-hmm. stages of a rush. Relationship. And when that changes, which it does for most people, it's sort of, you know, then some people, for them, that's, they, they think there's something wrong with a relationship. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how that's changed over internet dating. I did read something somewhere oh, recently sure, that suggested that yeah. maybe more people are, are, are not actually committing past that stage because they think yeah. something's wrong. Because you get used to that sort of, that rush um, but actually, that you know, mm. sometimes it's working through that, as we talked about before, that leads to more fulfilling relationships. Mm. So there's many different reasons that that you know people do break up, as as you all know, listening. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah.
1: sorry, <laughs> we talked over each other. Yeah, but what we thought we talk about a little bit in terms of giving you a, 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 a sort of theoretical model, so to speak, to kind of understand what happens when you are experience um, the end of a relationship and the heartache that ensues is uh, a model that has been developed by um, elizabeth kubler roth that's from the 19 i think 1969 she wrote a very seminal book uh, on death and dying where she described different stages of grief and her model has been revised now i mean they're more sort of contemporary forms of that uh, and more contemporary forms around uh, the model of grieving and bereavement, but I think it's quite a useful model to still to think about when we think about the end of a relationship. So we'll just briefly sort of talk you through these four stages that she talks about. Do you want to start with the first one?
0: Yeah. So the first stage is denial. So this is this sense of well disbelief about what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you know, often this is about putting off the grief because we still have hopes that things will work out so particularly with you know with a breakout when he, as well when the other person is still somewhere around because mm-hmm. it's different with death where mm-hmm. that is more permanent but there's still that sense of denial mm-hmm. um but this they, they, sort of not wanting to accept that the thing has happened mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah absolutely so you can't quite really make sense of this yet you haven't quite processed it um it seems a bit unreal somehow and there is a part of you that still believes. I think, uh, "Oh, I will wake up tomorrow, and surely this didn't happen, and we're back to we're back on track, uh, we're back together. This relationship is going to start again." So that's the sort of first experience denial, uh, and then following denial uh, is often uh, a period of anger. That's the second stage: the anger about this situation that you find yourself in anger with your with this previous partner who has abandoned you. So you often play through your mind all these kind of scenes where they've said something or done something that was really deeply upsetting uh, for you. Or the anger might also turn inward sometimes. It might be an anger where you're angry with yourself. Oh, I I really messed this one up. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have said that. So you might berate yourself in this period of anger as well. So it's this frustration about the whole, the situation overall as well. Why am I in this situation again? Yeah, Uh, might be something that plays out in this moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be angry at other people around, like family members yeah, too. Yeah. so it might might blame the family, saying, "Well, it's because of their family, mm. because of their parents," which mm. you know sometimes is the case.
1: But yeah, yeah, because they exactly they interfere too mm. much, or you might be angry for friends they were uh, at friends because of the sense of well, they weren't present enough for me to help me with this, and where are my friends now to help me? So anger is a sort of pervasive experience in this um, in this phase of the. The grieving.
0: Yeah. And then we'd move on to the next stage, which is bargaining. Mm. So bargaining is that sort of sense of negotiation and thinking, you know, so when you split up with someone, you get to that point. We think, well, let's be friends. Mm. You know, we can continue as friends or right. even bargaining with, you know, some it might tend to prayer or kind of trying to bargain with a higher power that hopefully, you know, if I pray enough, then maybe we can kind of rebuild something or yeah. whatever it might be.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and then the next uh, period, that's the, the depression sets in. That's when you kind of put on all the soppy records and listen to some sad songs again and again. Well, some of you, that's what I used to do in the past. Um, or you watch some uh, sad movies or something like this and you're really you're really feeling this is the sort of sinking into this period and I, actually i shouldn't be smiling that about that because it's a really terrible experience it's this sort of sinking into this really deep-seated sadness about uh the reality of the situation so to speak where you realize well really this person is gone they're not in my life anymore um all these things that, are, that we were planning to do together, we were going to go on holidays, we were going to go to the theatre together, we were going to do all these really exciting and lovely things together, that's not going to happen now, or certainly not with this person. So this, this deep-seated uh, sadness that you experience.
0: Yeah, and although you say, you know, when the reality sets in, I think sometimes it's not just reality, it's also a distortion, because yeah. it's often at this point, we, like you said, we start yeah. to think of all of these great things we could do, all of these wonderful times that we had, and mm. we'll never have them again, so we kind of imagine, we remember those times that were really great, and then we kind of go into the future and think, now we're not going to have those again, we're not going to have those again, because mm. that person's no longer with us, mm. But the distortion is that we tend at that point we don't think about all of the awful times that we had yeah. with them so we just we just very selectively filter out those things that essentially were good and then think about how we will not have them again yeah. yeah so it becomes it really is a distortion
1: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: and then finally the fifth stage is uh, acceptance mm. and this can take some time so it's not it's not a fast process to go through these so you know, it's not days, it's not weeks, it's usually months for mm. some people, you know, it could be a couple of years. So, mm. you know, this this can take time. Mm. And in fact, it, it does take time. So mm. to get to that point of acceptance where you accept that, you know, what has happened and you're able to then kind of move on with life. And of course, as well with acceptance, there may still always be a, a little kind of sadness within you when you think about that mm. breakup. Absolutely. you know and it, it that may never go sometimes I mean I think particularly when somebody dies mm. and also knowing that that's okay because that's sort of you know when somebody has has died for example it's sort of it's that memory because we have loved them and we do love them yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so that that grief is not going to go away absolutely mm. yeah I think what's also relevant in in this kind of model and and, and thinking about these sort of different phases that they're not they're not necessarily linear and it doesn't mean just because. Uh, you've worked through the model so to speak and you're now at the fifth stage of acceptance that you can't move back into a depressive phase for example where you get really overwhelmed with these feelings the old feelings again uh, and this sense of loss for for what could have been with your partner and what was in the past or that you can't get through angry stages so so it's not a linear model just to be clear about it you know that um uh, you, you can go back so to speak into these different stages um, so this model is really just a rough it gives you sort of rough timeline and, and uh, pro and, and highlights the process that we're going through with grief um, which is of course what we are uh, experiencing when we lose someone who we really loved uh, well, either to death or to separation
0: yeah and it's really important i think one of the key things is having an understanding that this is totally normal mm-hmm. that when you break up when somebody breaks up with you when you break up with somebody these processes that you go through are, are completely normal and natural yeah and that's yeah if it's so you know if even if you're if you feel that you're in this depressive stage for some time well mm-hmm. this is a normal part of mm-hmm. what happens so yeah. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with your being in this stage it's just it's working through that and allowing yourself to have that time to Mm. do that because it does take time. And if you try and stop the process, if you try and ignore it, Mm. then although we might kind of be able to get on with things, it's Mm. at some level, it's it's like you've got these feelings that are kind of Mm. trapped within you like a, like mm-hmm. a bottle of fizzy drink that's getting shaken up and getting more and more pressure within it yeah. until it's ready to explode and I've seen this with people where mm-hmm. you know they've tried to kind of put off the grief and and even years later, suddenly, when they think mm-hmm. they've they've been through this, it's like they explode, and it kind of comes from this grief they haven't had time to work through
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think also what's uh, maybe relevant within this the context of this discussion is that um, there is something uh, in our profession that we call complex grief which is when you have lost someone that uh, loss can be compounded uh, if it because it might bring up some for some older losses that you've had in your life some former losses that you had in your life and if you've had a lot of loss in your life then it gets bigger so to speak so then so then you are grieving in this moment not just the one relationship that has just ended but also maybe past relationships that you haven't quite processed yet that kind of come up it makes it bigger uh, so to speak um, than it well not than it actually is it is bigger for you so so there is a sort of conflation so to speak of what's past and present um, and 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 if you have a sense that this grief, this separation or this ending is absolutely overwhelming you for a long, long period of time, then there might actually, it might be an indication that you might be mourning not just the loss of this one person, but also of previous people who you, significant people you've lost in your life, previous partners, parents, siblings, for example. Um, so that's where it gets a little bit more com- more complicated, so to speak. And if you have this experience that you get very flooded by overwhelming and crushing uh, sadness and uh, uh, depression, then it might also be time to maybe seek some help and explore this a little bit further in, in therapy.
0: Yeah, and I think also your attachment style is going to affect how you experience loss as well. Absolutely. To a large extent. So. You know, and some people who are anxiously attached, it may be that even when their partner goes away for a couple of weeks, mm. it's almost like a loss. So yes. to them, it's like Absolutely. this person's left me; they've been abandoned. So mm. there is a sense of that there. Mm. And you know, in terms of somebody who's more avoidant, mm. you know, breakups—they, you know, although that may be going on under the surface, mm. actually, it may seem that they're they're then dealing with this without much much effort without yeah, so much going So yeah. they
1: minimise kind of any expression of, of grief, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So your attachment style will also play into this the way that you process this grief and, uh, and the loss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of, yes, what can you do? Well, I think Tom said already, there isn't really that, it's not that you can do much because you can't change the situation as such. The situation is what it is and and ultimately, of course, you do come to uh a form of acceptance that you know it the, the situation cannot be changed um so that's kind of what you're working towards but there is something maybe about there's something about maybe be, being able to distract yourself a little bit from uh this situation and i think from the grieving because i think only sitting at home and listening to sad records for uh weeks and months on end is probably not going to be very helpful and it's it's sort of forcing you to get stuck in this dynamic in the grieving process as well yeah you
0: need to watch some sad movies as well as listen to the records <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. so, yeah, yeah. No, so think about ways you can distract yourself keep active um, mm-hmm. I think one important thing as well is is if if you try and stay friends with a person too quickly that can make it very difficult mm-hmm. It can be really important to mm. make space. I, I would. So yeah. That. So if your feelings are still very strong for that person, mm. if you're feeling that there's some sense of hope as well, but clear, that, that it's been clear there isn't, mm. then it's probably the most useful thing to take some space, even if it's for some time. So sort of email contact, physical contact. you know, trying to be friends too soon can be really difficult.
1: I'm not sure that is even possible. No. What
0: do you say? No. Well, I. I I know some people that do have seemed to do that and I've always thought how do they do that? It's not yeah. something that I'm familiar with myself but it's but, a, yeah because yeah. it's a
1: very different relationship isn't it? A romantic yeah. relationship is different from a friendship I mean yeah, yeah. there are elements of friendship in a romantic relationship but it's almost, it's kind of negotiating a different kind of contract, so to speak, about the relationship. And I'm not saying it's um, it's not possible, but it can be quite challenging and difficult to do so. Yeah, and
0: I think very frequently what happens is one person, you know, you want to stay friends, but for at least one of the people, there's often that hope that I can stay friends because then we can rebuild something.
1: Yeah, particularly if you're still sort of in the early stages well. Yeah. Yeah, in the, the early separation. stages,
0: so it, it's really important to I think to get space from that person.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and also, well, I mean, obviously, you know, we are in the business of talking. That's our that's our bread and butter. We we are great believers in that externalizing. So taking it out, taking whatever's in here out there, can be helpful. So talking to your friends about it. Um, sharing some of your experiences, also sharing some of your sadness, might be quite helpful uh, uh, to process your grief more effectively.
0: Yeah, and do things for yourself. So, mm. go see a film, but not just sad films. So that's the thing. The thing is, yeah, don't just sure. put on the sad music, the sad films. Go mm. and go and do some activities, sports. Go see films. Go to well, go to concerts. Mm. Again, not just the things that make you feel sad, but things that might make you feel better as well so think about things that you can do for yourself Mm. maybe you couldn't always do when you were with the other person as well
1: yeah so there are I think in a nutshell I don't think there are any sort of quick fixes here Um, it's allowing yourself the time to grieve um, noticing if it goes on for a very long period of time and I'm sort of deliberately not putting a time frame on it but noticing if it takes up a lot of the space in your life for a long period um, of time, then it might, be, um, it might be time to actually seek some help.
0: Yeah, and one of the things as well is don't try to bottle it away. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to fight it. Don't deny the feelings. Allow yourself to find space to just have those feelings mm. because when you try and fight feelings, we push them away and they try and push back when we just allow ourselves to know that actually you know this feeling feels awful Mm. at the same time allowing yourself to have that feeling can allow that feeling to begin to process and work through and the more that you try to stop that the longer it's going to take at the end to actually get through the process yeah
1: absolutely because when you have that feeling it's telling you something it's just telling you that you're distressed and that's just normal under the circumstances yeah
0: yeah yeah. and emotions are really like waves Mm. you know they start from nothing they go to a peak and they do then begin to fade away so even though that emotion might feel like it's going to last forever it won't And allowing yourself to basically just let that emotion run its course will help it to kind of run its course usually quicker than if you try and kind of speed it up or stop it somehow
1: do you think that some meditation practice might be helpful here In this context, I'm not so sure. So the idea of kind of, you know, one of the meditation practices around watching clouds in the sky kind of go by, um, do you think that would be helpful?
0: Well, I think the the only thing with that is if you start to go inside and think about all of those times that were good. Because that's another Mm. thing is Mm. also, you know, taking time to remember some of those times that weren't so good. Mm. So you know, think about actually what weren't you able to do? What were kind of the things you didn't like that the other person did? So being real, more realistic mm-hmm. about those memories that sometimes we suppress when we, you know, when we when we when we have a breakup, we just remember those good things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one one thing I once someone described was to imagine that those feelings that are uncomfortable. It's like that wave, and imagine that you're surfing that wave. So, imagine that you're kind of riding that wave and just knowing that that wave will begin to pass. Mm. Um, You know, even with breathing, sort of just slowing your breathing down, imagine that wave just passing through, being able to kind of ride that wave as it kind of takes its course. Mm. Uh, Some people find that helpful. Mm. Okay, great.
1: Good. I think we've come to the end here, haven't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Mm. uh, yeah, thanks for listening today, and please press subscribe. Uh, and tune in to next week's podcast. Looking
1: forward to seeing you then. Take good care. Bye.
0: Bye.